0: Welcome to Rewriting the Past, the history podcast with a difference. We examine a major historical event and then ask ourselves the question, what if it never happened? In this alternative history series, we look at how history could have been very different. If you enjoy the content, then please subscribe. It will be appreciated by our small team here. I'm Chris, your host, and let's embark on our alternative event. The unification of North and South Korea. Has been a long-standing aspiration for many Koreans as well as a subject of international interest and speculation. If the two Koreas were to have been unified, whether through a gradual process of reconciliation or a sudden event such as the collapse of the North Korean regime, the implications would be profound and far-reaching across political, economic, social and international dimensions. In our alternative history, we examine what would happen if, instead of remaining divided into two separate countries, they decided to unify after the death of Kim Jong-il of the North Korean Kim dynasty. We chose this branch in time because it did seem at the time that this was as close to a change in regime as been seen in the last generation. Sadly, the reality was not to play out this way. Before we start, let's talk about the current real-time situation. The division of Korea in our real history is a complex and tumultuous chapter in modern history, marked by colonial rule, geopolitical rivalries, and ideological conflicts. Here's a brief overview. Korea had been a unified kingdom for centuries until the late 19th century, when it became a target of imperial expansion by neighbouring powers. In 1910, Korea was annexed by Japan following the signing of the Japan-Korea Annexation Treaty beginning a period of brutal colonial rule that lasted until the end of World War II. With Japan's surrender in 1945, the Korean Peninsula was liberated from colonial rule. However, the end of the Japanese occupation also marked the beginning of a new chapter of division and conflict. The Allies, primarily the United States and the Soviet Union, divided Korea along the 38th parallel, with the Soviet Union supporting the North and the United States supporting the South. Neither Korean country had much influence in this decision. The division of Korea led to the establishment of two separate governments, the Republic of Korea, which is in the south, with Seoul as its capital, and the Democratic People's Republic of Korea, which is in the north, with Pyongyang as its capital. The ideological divide between communism and democracy further deepened the rift between the two Koreas. Tensions between North and South Korea erupted into open conflict in June 1950 when North Korean forces invaded South Korea, triggering the Korean War. The war lasted for three years and involved international intervention with the United Nations supporting South Korea and China supporting North Korea. The war ended in 1953 with an armistice agreement but no formal peace treaty, leaving the Korean Peninsula divided along the heavily fortified Korean demilitarized zone. Called the DMZ. The division of Korea took place against the backdrop of the Cold War, with the United States and its allies supporting South Korea, while the Soviet Union and China supported North Korea. The Korean Peninsula became a proxy battleground for superpower rivalry, with both sides seeking to extend their influence in the region. Following the Korean War, South Korea experienced rapid economic growth and democratization transforming into one of the world's major economies. Meanwhile, North Korea adopted a communist regime under the leadership of the Kim dynasty, focusing on state-controlled economic development and military buildup. Despite occasional attempts at dialogue and reconciliation, tensions between North and South Korea have persisted over the decades. Issues such as nuclear proliferation, human rights abuses and cross-border provocations have continued to strain inter-Korean relations, and pose challenges to regional stability. If the Korea is unified, several factors would have to have taken place and be considered. We'll go through them so we can understand the future trajectory. The legal framework for the unification of North and South Korea is complex and would depend on various factors including domestic laws, international agreements and diplomatic negotiations. Here are some key considerations regarding the legality of the the Korean unification. North Korea operates under its own legal system, which is based on socialist principles and the supremacy of the working party. Any legal step towards unification from the North Korean side would need to comply with its domestic laws and constitution. South Korea is governed by a democratic legal system based on the rule of law, constitutionalism and respect for human rights. Legal frameworks related to unification, such as the South Korean Constitution and the National Security Act, would play a role in shaping the process of unification. Both sides would have to agree on a merging of the two constitutions, but with a leaning towards democracy. Without a ruling dynasty, autocratic rulership is just not viable. While many would resent this in North Korea, likely from the military, this would probably still come to pass. The Korean War ended in 1953 with the signing of an armistice agreement, not a peace treaty. The armistice established the DMZ and called for the cessation of hostilities. Any legal steps towards unification would need to consider the provisions of the armistice agreement and involve negotiations with its signatories, which include China and the United States. The United Nations has also played a role in the Korean Peninsula since the outbreak of the Korean War. Any formal steps towards unification may involve engagement with the United Nations, including the Security Council and the General Assembly, to address legal and diplomatic considerations. Without these international actors, reunification simply cannot happen. Support from all sides needs to be established, and each representative would have their own agenda that would need to be carefully managed. However, this would eventually be resolved for the simple reason that peace on the peninsula is a benefit to everyone. Unification efforts would likely require extensive diplomatic negotiations between North and South, mainly to address legal, political, economic and social aspects of unification. Dialogue and cooperation mechanisms, such as the inter-Korean summit meetings, could provide a framework for legal discussions and agreements. Given the complexity of the Korean Peninsula issue and the interests of regional stakeholders, International mediation and facilitation may be necessary to support unification efforts. The involvement of countries such as China, the US and neighbouring countries would be crucial in providing legal and diplomatic support for the unification process. The unification of North and South Korea would ideally require the consent of the Korean people on both sides of the border. Any legal steps towards unification may involve democratic processes such as national referendums, or popular consultations to ensure that the will of the people is respected and upheld. Many among both sides would be resistant to this. North Koreans have never had a democratic process and would be unfamiliar with the concept. Younger South Koreans have no emotional connection to the North anymore and would be resistant to any change in their lifestyle. This will be one of the most challenging processes in the unification and require patience from politicians. The unification of North and South Korea would necessitate the creation of a new political system to govern the unified nation. This system could incorporate elements of democracy, human rights and rule of law from South Korea, while also accommodating aspects of North Korea's political structure, socialism and more state involvement in people's lives. I imagine the result of this would resemble aspects similar to Western Europe and Scandinavia, a blend of social democracy with things like universal healthcare, and a comprehensive welfare system. The process of unification would require extensive efforts to reconcile political differences, integrate government institutions, and address historical grievances between the two careers. Transitional arrangements may be needed to manage the transfer of power and establish a unified government. It would take many years for the unification process to be completed. Unification would bring together two vastly different economies, the advanced market-oriented economy of South Korea and the centrally planned, underdeveloped economy of North Korea. Economic integration efforts would be essential to bridge the gap between the two economies to promote growth and improve living standards especially in the north. Unification would create opportunities for investment, trade, and economic development across the Korean peninsula. South Korean expertise, technology, and capital could be leveraged to modernize infrastructure, revive industries and stimulate growth in the north, whilst also benefiting from access to new markets and resources. North Korea has a wealth of natural resources but cannot access most free markets, whereas South Korea has access to markets and trade but no natural resources. Combined, the potential for economic development could be enormous. The difficulty here would be the fledgling unified governments resisting predatory companies from exploiting the North's resources for gains and the training of North Koreans in sectors like business and industry to comply with international regulations. One of the most poignant aspects of unification would be the reunification of families separated by the division of Korea. Efforts to facilitate family reunions exchange information, and restore connections would be a priority in promoting social reconciliation and healing. Unification would provide opportunities for cultural exchange and mutual understandings between North and South Koreans. Educational programs, cultural exchanges and people to people interactions would help bridge the cultural divide and foster a shared national identity. North and South Korea have been separated for so long, it will be a difficult adjustment for all to make. However, with patience and commitment, this aspect would be one of the more successful of the unification processes. The unification of North and South Korea could have significant implications for regional stability in Northeast Asia. It would lead to shifts in alliances, geopolitical dynamics and security arrangements, potentially impacting neighbouring countries such as China and Japan. Unification would require diplomatic engagement with regional and global stakeholders to address security concerns, establish diplomatic relations, and secure international support for the transition process. Managing diplomatic relations with major powers such as the US, China, and potentially Russia would be crucial for ensuring stability and peace on the peninsula. The roles different countries take would be a matter of national interest for the Korean government. Both North and South Korea are culturally linked to China and Japan more than the US. Generations of propaganda is going to be hard to erase for many North Koreans and even in the South. Relations between America have had incidents and strain. I predict a role for the USA in the mediation process, but ultimately it will lose influence in the region. Countries immediately impacted would be China, the USA and Japan. Let's look at these in detail and we'll try and predict the issues that could arise. With regards to China, unification would raise concerns for China regarding its border security. A unified Korea under South Korean influence could potentially bring US military presence closer to China's northeastern border, leading to strategic uncertainties and security challenges for China. It is absolutely not in China's interest to have a unified Korean nation on its border. The collapse of the North Korean regime and the unification process could trigger a refugee crisis, with thousands of North Koreans that refuse to accept the unification process potentially seeking asylum in China. This would pose humanitarian challenges and strain China's resources and infrastructure. A unified Korea would present economic opportunities for China, particularly in trade. China could benefit from increased economic cooperation and integration with a unified Korea, tapping into new markets and investment opportunities. China trades heavily with both North and South Korea now, so this will likely continue. The emergence of a unified Korea as a regional economic powerhouse will provide competition for China in Northeast Asia. China may face increased competition in sectors such as manufacturing, technology and investment, but China's vast geography and population should allow it to remain dominant throughout. While it is concerning, it will certainly not present an obstacle for the unification process. Unification could lead to shifts in alliances and geopolitical dynamics in Northeast Asia. China may face challenges in managing its relations with a unified Korea and the United States, potentially leading to increased strategic competition and tensions in the region. Some will state that China's influence in the Korean Peninsula could diminish following unification, as a unified Korea may align more closely with the United States and other regional actors, but I find this unlikely. China has geography, culture, and heritage on its side, and is firmly in a position to influence the new country. Let's now turn to the United States. Unification could provide an opportunity for the United States to reaffirm its security guarantees for a unified Korea. The presence of US military forces on the Korean Peninsula could serve as a deterrent against regional threats and ensure stability and peace in Northeast Asia. It is currently in America's interest to have a military force stationed on the peninsula. A unified Korea aligned with the United States. Could serve as a strategic counterbalance to China's influence in the region. The United States may try to strengthen its military presence in Northeast Asia and deepen security cooperation with a unified Korea to contain China's rise. Despite this, it is unlikely that America will be able to maintain a military presence on the Korean Peninsula. Without the threat of North Korea, there simply isn't any reason for the 40,000 troops that are currently stationed there to remain. They would have to relocate somewhere else, more than likely somewhere in Southeast Asia. The United States could benefit from increased trade, investment and market access in a unified Korea, enhancing bilateral economic relations and promoting economic growth and prosperity. The emergence of a unified Korea as a regional economic powerhouse could pose competition for the United States, specifically in Northeast Asia. The United States may face competition from Korea in sectors such as technology, innovation and trade. However, I think trade with Korea will remain fairly strong. As the dominant economic force and buyer for technology, it's in everyone's interest to remain on friendly terms. Unification could present diplomatic challenges and opportunities for the United States. The United States would need to engage diplomatically with all the regional stakeholders, including China and Japan, to address security concerns, promote stability, and facilitate the process. The United States would probably play a crucial role in maintaining the stability and peace in Northeast Asia following unification. Diplomatic efforts to manage tensions, resolve disputes, and promote dialogue amongst the regional actors will be essential for ensuring stability and security in the region. The USA will no doubt have a strong hand in the unification process, overseeing the years of fusion and legal issues, but always trying to steer the new country away from Chinese government influences. The unification of the Korean Peninsula would have significant ramifications for Japan, a neighbouring country with historical, cultural and strategic ties to Korea. Here's an exploration of how Korean unification would impact Japan. Unification would lead to shifts in regional dynamics and security arrangements in Northeast Asia. Japan would need to reassess its security posture and strategic interests in light of a unified Korea, potentially facing new challenges and uncertainties. Japanese policymakers would need to develop contingency plans to address potential security challenges arising from Korean unification, such as refugee flows, border security issues and geopolitical tensions. Close coordination with regional partners, including the U.S., a unified Korea, and China would be essential. While the chance of armed conflict between South Korea is small, Japan has had several incidents with North Korea. Both countries share a divisive history with Japanese imperialism, and of all the countries in the region, Japan will be the most worried about open conflict in the future with a unified Korea. I imagine an enhancing of military procedures, and quite possibly a deepening of ties with the USA. Korean unification would have implications for Japan's bilateral regions with the two Koreas. Japan would need to engage diplomatically with a unified Korea to address historical grievances, promote reconciliation and strengthen cooperation on various issues. Japanese policymakers may seek to enhance cooperation with a unified Korea and the United States, to address common challenges and promote stability. Security dialogues, economic partnerships, and diplomatic initiatives will be crucial for shaping the future of Northeast Asia. I imagine Japan would seek reassurances from Korea regarding the future goals, trade, and growth. Before unification, Japan and South Korea suffered sim- similar problems in terms of aging populations, low birth rates, and stagnation. With unification, this leaves Japan alone in dealing with this. As Japan ages, it will lose its economic power and become weaker as a result of the unification. However, Korean unification could present economic opportunities for Japan, particularly in trade and investment. Japan could benefit from increased economic engagement with a unified Korea and tap into the new markets and investment opportunities. The emergence of a unified Korea as a regional powerhouse could pose competition for Japan in Northeast Asia. Japanese industries may face increased competition from Korean counterparts in sectors such as technology, automotive and manufacturing, probably leading to a focus of specialty sectors. The previously mentioned aging population could have an impact on what this sector is and how Japan proceeds. I would imagine reluctantly that Japan would seek to redress this through immigration and a softening of its ultra-conservative culture. Unification could provide an opportunity for Japan to address historical grievances and promote reconciliation with the Korean people. Initiatives to commemorate shared cultural heritage and address historical issues could help strengthen cultural and social relations between Japan and unified Korea. Increased cultural exchange and cooperation between the two countries could foster mutual understandings and promote regional cooperation in arts, education and tourism. Cultural diplomacy initiatives could play a vital role in building trust and friendship between the two countries. Japan would need to carefully navigate its relations with a unified Korea, China and the United States in order to promote regional stability. Japanese policymakers may seek to strengthen multilateral diplomacy and cooperation mechanisms in Northeast Asia to address shared challenges, including the security threat. Participation in regional forums such as the Asian Regional Forum and the East Asia Summit could enhance Japan's role as a constructive regional actor. The unification process would entail addressing the humanitarian challenges faced by North Korean population, including food insecurity, healthcare access and basic living standards. International aid organisations and donor countries would play a crucial role in providing humanitarian assistance and supporting the reconstruction efforts of North Korea. Unification would also present an opportunity to address human rights abuses in North Korea, including political repression, censorship and persecution of dissidents. Efforts to promote human rights uphold the rule of law and protect the rights of all citizens would be essential for building a democratic and inclusive society in the unified Korea. So to conclude let's summarize it all. In our alternative history the unification of North and South Korea would not be an easy task. While a unification between the two countries would be beneficial to both the economic cost would be enormous. North Korea is so underdeveloped, the South would have to spend a considerable amount of its GDP on infrastructure development. There would most likely be a surge in migration from North to South as North Koreans sought to settle in the more developed South. However, the southern part of Korea is notably short on space. There would literally be no room for a large movement of people. This would lead to policies that meant that the mass movement of people would have to be restricted, causing resentment and a sense of entitlement for those in the South. Intranation relationships would have to be considered carefully. However, in the long term, the benefits would be clear to see. A unified Korea would be a powerful player in the Asian and global world order. Both countries would see a reduction in their spending on military, but not completely reducing it. The consistent problem with the Korean Peninsula has always been its neighbors, and this wouldn't change. Japan has historically been in conflict with Korea and the wounds from World War II are still raw. While Japan does not provide a military threat, a more powerful united Korea would demand a level of respect Japan has sometimes been loath to provide. As its closest neighbour, trade is likely, but there would be a weary relationship between the two. The USA would no doubt take the role of mediator for the unified country, but as always it has its own agenda. With a unified Korea, there will be no reason for American troops to remain on the peninsula, reducing the military presence of the U.S. in the region. No doubt the U.S. would continue to push for a closer relationship between themselves and a unified Korea, and depending on the politics of the time, could achieve that, at least in the short term. The biggest hurdle to the newly unified country would be China. China has often seen South Korea as a proxy for the U.S. in terms of political alignment. It would resist any incursion of the US into the Asian peninsula. However, if played cautiously, China could integrate itself into a unified Korea. Culturally, historically and ethnically, the Chinese are much more connected to Korea than the US. Through trade and soft diplomacy, the Chinese would eventually replace the Americans as the major ally of the unified Korean nation. The North Koreans especially remember the Chinese as being one of the only allies when they were a global pariah old alliances run deep. We hope you've enjoyed this episode today. As always, remember that counterfactual histories are only speculation. We examine the historical arc and we try to predict a logical pattern. In no way is this material meant to offend or suggest future policies.